You're listening to the See the Upside podcast, where we talk about overcoming obstacles, choosing positivity, and doing life a little better every day. I'm your podcast host, Nina Bleicher. On the show, we share real stories and speak with industry experts about how to expand and grow through difficult change. We don't always get to choose the challenges that show up in our life, but we do get to decide how we view them. In those hard moments, there are always beautiful invitations. That's what See the Upside podcast is all about. Navigating the hard moments, but then finding the opportunity to heal, grow, and connect. I'm so grateful you're here and can't wait to share these conversations with you. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Our guest today is Bob Doyle, who's best known for his contribution to the film and book you are probably very familiar with called The Secret. Bob was known for many years as a law of attraction expert and coach and has been teaching these principles for decades through his programs, live events, podcasts, coaching, and writing, and more. His work is heavily focused on helping people decide who they want to be and how they want to express themselves. Yes to that. Recently, however, Bob's focus has shifted from these metaphysical aspects of the law of attraction to a more grounded and biological perspective at what controls our experiences and our brain. I'm so excited to learn more about both the metaphysical and biological ways we can attract, call in, and experience life better. And I'm curious to hear about how and why Bob's perspective has shifted. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Awesome. Well, let's start with your connection to the secret and kind of all the work you've been doing surrounding that because you spent a lot of time and a lot of your career in that space. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So just briefly, I mean, I was never professionally, I was never setting out to be in personal development or helping anybody in any way, really. It was, I always knew I wanted to go into radio and broadcasting. And so it was a highly creative career. I thought I can express myself creatively with voices and writing and just, you know, all kinds of stuff. So I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I did it for about seven years. And I got to a point where I, because of where I was in the ladder and the major market I was in, I really couldn't do all the goofy stuff I wanted to do. And I got a little impatient and then jumped out of radio. And then I just started jumping around from career to career, trying to find something where I could express myself as creatively as I had wanted to in radio. And I was really struggling with that. And because I was struggling so much and a lot of the more practical approaches to finding a career I liked uh, weren't working, that's when I started looking in the more metaphysical areas, which I never would have done before. I was raised by a school teacher and we were very you know, just pragmatic and analytical, skeptical about these types of things for sure. But I was kind of like, well, what's going on? And that's when I learned more about, you know, just the topics of manifestation and visualization, visualization and the whole idea that we could create our reality and that everything is energy, all of those conversations. And so to cut out a, a lot of time here, I finally got my aha moment around the law of attraction. And it was based on sort of the physics of it, the science of it. That's what appealed to my analytical brain. I needed some science. Anyway, I had my ahas, put together a program, was teaching it for you know, a few years before that program was found by the producers of The Secret. So that's how I ended up in that film. And up until that time, 
my role was, you know, really reaching a lot of enthusiastic people who really wanted to learn about the law of attraction and really seemed fired up about, how, you know, my approach and how it worked. After The Secret, now the whole, the rest of the world who wasn't necessarily into this conversation was, a, was, you know, exposed to the law of attraction and the conversation changed. And a lot of times, because now there were people going, that's nonsense, that's a bunch of crap, what about this, what about that? You know, and so the the fun of what I was doing shifted a little bit. It it evolved because now can I was you, talking. Can you explain just really quick what the law of attraction is, just in case there's someone who, like my mom or something who doesn't know, like who isn't familiar? Sure. Well, the concept of the law of attraction is that we are attracting our entire experience of life. Somehow, whether we're doing it consciously or unconsciously, something about our energy, mostly driven by our thoughts, is attracting our experience of reality. And and the definition of it had been simplified down to like attracts like and things like that, which I thought were way oversimplified. And I would say I, my definition was more that we attract into our experience those things with which we're in vibrational resonance. But that was scientific enough for my brain. It just meant that, you know, if our energy was in alignment with a certain thing or a certain person or a certain amount of money or whatever, that we would attract it. So and, and I could get way deeper into that. But that's the basic idea of it. The problem with it, of course, is that there's a lot of invisible leap of faith taking stuff that people are being asked to do when you introduce someone who's never heard of that kind of thing before. And so you can understand why there would be a lot of resistance. So, so basically 20 years of teaching how, you know, how the law of attraction worked, thinking that if, since that's how I had my aha moments, that it would help other people and then they too could get results. But what I found is that especially after the secret, people were so fascinated by the law of attraction and, and how magical it seemed and getting it right. And there were so many now dozens and dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of new law of attraction experts that cropped up after the secret because they saw it, it was a opportunity. Right. And so but but the problem was so many different philosophies, so many different approaches and techniques and oversimplification of what was really going on here that people were getting all kinds of non results or feeling going backwards. It just it tainted the conversation for a lot of people and it jaded their whole experience. And, and so that, you know, again, as a coach and a speaker on this, it got a little frustrating. So a few years ago, I had sort of this aha moment about where reality is really created, when it is created for any specific individual on a really grounded plane. Your reality is created in the moment that you give that moment meaning. Like right now, people are listening to this. You're here. I'm talking to you. We've got our entire environment. And every moment we're making meaning of the situation. And based on that meaning, we're going to take our next action or not take action or whatever. And action is what gets us any kind of result in the world. It is what will bring us eventually the things we're wanting to attract. So if we're not taking the action to, to be that person who will attract those things, it's because we're not we're not making the meaning in our brains that moves us into that action. So where does all that come from? Well, that's our wiring, how we were programmed from the time we were born. So just briefly, when we were born, our brains wide open, very plastic, ready to say, and we're just saying yes to everything. And so what we're mostly hearing is the beliefs and attitudes and opinions of our parents and the people, our, our teachers, those, our, those people in our lives from age zero to seven. And because we weren't analyzing or assessing we're just saying yes to everything that forms the basis of our truth but guess what mary down the street totally different truth you know and then across the country across the world different wirings create different truths 
So, but, but our version of the truth is what moves us through life and has us make the decisions and get the results we want. But it's all just wiring. And wiring can be changed. So if you're not getting the results you want in your life, it can always be traced back to your, the wiring of your brain, how it's moving you through your decision-making process in life and the action you take. And we can change the autopilot behaviors that are keeping you doing the same behavior over and over into something that is more in alignment with the person you need to be to have those results. And that all makes the law of attraction work without even thinking about it. So once I made the shift from teaching neuroplasticity, the ability for us to change our brain and what to do to do that, results came much faster. People got aha moments much faster because we're working with what, regardless of what technique you use, if you want to transform it to last, your brain has to change to support that. So my approach is let's go right to the rewiring and not have to go through all these rituals and techniques and understanding this, that, and the other thing before we will even allow ourselves to get a result. And that's why I made this shift. So what does that mean to rewire your brain and how does someone go about doing that? So all the information that we have ever learned in our life is stored in our brain in these neural pathways, right? And we're referencing them all the time. So, and, and, and they're growing all the time or they're staying the same. What creates these neural pathways is information repeated on an ongoing basis. So when we go to school and we learn a new language, we're getting wired with that new language. So now it's in there unless we stop using it for a while. And then those neural pathways aren't activated anymore and they're just not as automatic and we kind of lose it. Right. So that's how it all works. But we're con our brain is constantly ready to change. And we have changed who the core of who we're being several times in our lives. We can go back five years and we can see where our attitudes and opinions were a little bit different. 10 years, 15 years, we've changed, we evolve, but it's normally because we're not conscious of how our brain is working. We're doing it on autopilot unconsciously, letting the world situations and the things coming to us cause our change of beliefs or, or thinking patterns. When at any time we could just using our conscious intention, put new thoughts, new beliefs into place over and over and over to learn, literally learn a new way of being so that we take different action on autopilot. Like all the action we take right now on autopilot, it's because of our wiring. If we change our wiring and we now have action that, that autopilot action that gets us results, then now we're manifesting on autopilot in a whole new way. So can you give an example from your life of how you've done this? Like oh, yes. what was something that you wanted to change and yes. manifest? One of the, so, so much of my work is about quality of life, enjoying your life. And, you know, yes, it's, it's attractive to think about, well, I'll attract the money and I'll attract the house and I'll attract. And yes, those might bring you that quality of life, but we can also create quality of life independent of those types of things. So my work because I believe that we're here to enjoy this experience, I want to help people do that. And I believe that expressing yourself creatively is, is the best way to do that, to feel on purpose, to feel like you're contributing your value. But we have these stories that we tell ourselves from these autopilot wirings that affect our ability to just joyously do that. And I had a big one. My wiring, based as if I was all through I was growing up, was to be kind of skeptical about things and go negative before I go positive. And there's a lot of people like this mm. out there where as soon as they hear a thing, they go, what could go wrong first? Now, that eventually, I, you know, obviously I could get through to the positive. I mean, I was able to accomplish a lot of things, but that, but that didn't mean I didn't have to take that journey every time. Like my wiring was go negative first. It's an automatic no. And then I will work my way to a yes, right? 
And that's not fun. And it doesn't, you know, it, it really, it, it's, it's constricting on life. And I would have things that would trigger me every time into a really dark, negative place uh, for, you know, sometimes days. And, I, and, I, and once I got into this rewiring conversation, I looked at myself, I'm going, yeah, that's just, that's just programming. I'm making meaning. These triggers are making meaning and they're just firing off a series of events and creating chemistry in my body, which then overtakes my body. And my body has memory of all of this too. And I just go into autopilot and I go, this is the only way I can respond. It's the only rational way is to be upset and worried. And, but that's just programming and none of it's true. So it was like, okay, so what, what do I do to change this? Well, how would I rather respond? And this is what I tell anybody to do. Look at any of your autopilot behavior, any time where you're triggered, just choose a trigger and imagine it and go, yeah, I don't like that feeling that I have. So what would you like to feel? Well, how would you rather respond in this situation? Joyously, without emotion, more productively. However, you get to imagine a new way of being now. And that's the core of all of this. Because that's an original new thought that's going to create new wiring. Now, at first, it's going to seem absurd. And that's why most people don't even pursue it at all. It's like, be, how can I be happy about this? Forget that. I'm not even going to. So they've just said, I'm, I'm committed to being upset about this forever. Well, I reached my point where I'm not committed to being upset. So I started imagining what would it be like to just read this email or whatever the trigger thing is and walk away without the emotion. So I would just imagine it and imagine it and not just imagine that moment, but like, how does that affect the rest of my day? How will I do the rest of my day? How I, the rest of my week, if I'm not taken off track by this one thing. So I get to imagine the scenario over and over and guess what? Your brain doesn't know you're just imagining it. And so it's doing all the chemistry, all the biology as if you were doing it which means you can rewire yourself through the visualization practice mixed, of course, with putting that now into action so that you can get a result in the real world. And so for me, that was the biggest one was to turn off that automatic no to the extent that it was. Now, I'm not going to say it's 100% gone, but what I can say is that I no longer am taken out of the game by those triggers. And to the average person who doesn't know me, wasn't my life is like, okay, well, what about the million dollars? This was way more important to have that quality of life back. And those are the types of things. And now I can be more creative, more, you know, joyous in the, in the day that I'm doing, you know, think about the productivity I would lose when I was just caught up in my head. And now that's that productivity, all that time is back. It's so interesting. I think one of the keys that sounds like to me is first becoming conscious that you have some kind of a subconscious tendency of some kind, whether it's being negative or whether it's seeking out dysfunctional relationships or whether mm -hmm. it's self-sabotaging your career success or, you know, could be any number of things, but first noticing your role in, in the happening of it. Because I think that's one thing that I see with a lot of people is they blame externally, you know, that they're, you have to get to that step of looking within and wanting to change yourself. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yes. It, that whole go, going to the outside, these are some of the stories we tell. And we are so committed to our stories because they justify our position in, in life. Well, here's why I'm not where I want to be because they did that. She did that. The economy, the recession, COVID, 
right? right? All of these things. And so they've got these stories. Now, if they hang on to those stories, which so many people love to do, then they will never break free from it. They're creating a sentence for themselves. They have to live into these stories they tell all the time. And so, of course, they're not, nothing's going to change. But it's right. just a story, and they made it all up anyway. So how about making up a whole new story that's way, way better, more empowering, that puts you in a position of power where you will take action and take responsibility for your life? Again, it's going to feel weird at first. And for a lot of people, the biggest, the hardest part about letting go of old stories is they don't have new stories to tell to replace them. And this is their, their old stories have become their identity. And so on some level, they're going, without my stories, who am I? That's the work we do here. Let's decide who that is. So you're not just floating around going, oh, I don't, I can't give up that story because you're just in an abyss. But when you can create a story that it's like every time you think about this new version of you and the impact you're going to have in the world and the things you'll have around you, it lights you up so much, it becomes non-negotiable, which is one of the other first steps to, to significant transformation. Your transformation and the goals around it must be non-negotiable because if they're not, then you're, all your old wiring, and, all, and no matter how educated or spiritual or whatever it is, once you reach the limit, if you don't have somebody helping you from the outside or helping you see things in a new way, when it gets super uncomfortable, all your old wiring is going to kick in and tell you all the rational reasons why it's not going to work and you just need to stop because it's negotiable. But if it was non-negotiable, you just go, okay, every one of those setbacks is feedback, right? And it's all forward motion. When we learn to walk, we fell down a gazillion times, learning to talk, learning to read, anything new. Even today, if you take on a new thing, there's the discomfort of learning it. But if you're committed, like I really want to learn photography, I'll go through what, what's that stop again? Oh, I can't remember, you know, until it is wired in because it's non-negotiable. But if it's negotiable then then you the, the chances of you fully rewiring going through that journey it, are very low well i think most people get to that position of willingness to change because of extreme circumstances something really yes. bad or difficult happens and they're kind of forced to look in a mirror at you know okay i've been saying all this stuff has been happening to me which is a comfortable story because it's then it's not your fault. But the problem with that is exactly what you said. Then you have no control over changing. Then you're stuck with all this stuff happening to you constantly. But the minute you take that ownership and responsibility, which comes with the kind of hard look in the mirror, I think, you know, like you have to say, wow, what, what did I do? What was my role? You know, how can I change which can be really, really hard, but that's the kind of middle step to get to the empowerment is that, you know, accountability step it, too. It, it can be hard to look at it, but it's a lot of times we've learned to say, oh, like that, that's the bad thing, or this should be, will be hard on ourselves when we realize our responsibility. That is a learned response behavior. Another response yeah. is like, oh, I see, of course, that's why I did this, or that's why this happened. It's not, you can become a student of your past behavior and be fascinated by how wiring works and just go, oh, well, of course I made that decision because of this and this and this, and I wasn't conscious I could change it. But thank God I know now. Mm. You know what's something I would love to rewire is like the discomfort of the missteps, the mistakes, the setbacks, you know, like I'm such a perfectionist and 
I would be that person where, okay, I want to change this thing in my life. You know, show me how to do it. I'll do all the work. I'll do the steps. I'm a nose to the grindstone, but the setbacks, I, I, I don't handle well. They're so uncomfortable, even though my mind knows this is how you learn. Like my logic understands it, but it's so uncomfortable. You know, I need to learn to re reprogram that and learn to like embrace the mistakes and love the mess. Uh, You, so yes, on a conscious level, you know, all the right things, but for whatever reason, you're still letting it take over. And I think it's because there's, there's knowing on paper that, yes, I, you know, this, this is how I should think instead, but, but, but you've learned it and it's wired to feel that way. But all, again, it's just taking that broader picture Everything in the world that is worth, you know, the amazing came with so much, so many failures, so many setbacks, so many like, I don't think this is going to work. I just think of the iPhone every time I I have this conversation, how many times like this is impossible creation, how many times people, it must've failed and failed and failed and failed and failed. But if you, if it's non-negotiable, if you've got that vision, then, and, and every one of those failures for a technician is like, okay, now I know what I need to go fix, or at least where to go look. So it's, again, it's very valuable. Mm. And this is the other thing I tell people is that these people who you aspire to be like, assuming there are those people who inspire you and they're doing things that are maybe similar to you or something, they took a journey too. They didn't just put it on a vision board one day and then wake up and it was there. They did the whole up and down and the 10 steps back and wanting to quit and the whole thing. That's what earns you that position. And that's what makes you, you know, that's that's why you can maintain it once you get there. Because if it was just magically given it to you, how would you know how to maintain it? If you do the same, if you were the same person that within that situation as you are today, it's going to go away because you don't know how to maintain that because you haven't taken the journey. You haven't made those mistakes and gotten that feedback and say, oh, okay. And that's what makes you an expert. The more ways you know it doesn't work, the more you can help people later or whatever. But just, it just, again, it's just shifting to gratitude around the setbacks. It's, I know it's a, if you're a perfectionist, like I absolutely was. And I wouldn't do any, I wouldn't put anything out there till it was just right. But the faster you fail, the better, right? The faster you get that feedback, the better for you. The more, you know, if you just wait, sit on it, sit on it, sit on it and think and get too timid, you know, that's the slow way. So what is like a pragmatic way for me in the moment of a failure to start reprogramming my brain? So for example, let's say, I go on someone else's podcast and I don't like my interview and I feel like it wasn't, it wasn't well done. And I didn't represent, like I was tired. I wasn't articulate or something. How do I work through that and process that, you know, to, to create a new, you know, neuropath in my brain and start kind of that process of changing that feeling. So there's a few things like like on, on just the most pragmatic level, it's like, OK, you learned that what, I don't want to be tired when I go into a podcast anymore. I'm going to do from this point on, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to be in my best you know, mental space physically or whatever. I'm going to to do those things. But also you realize and it's out there. It's done. So there's nothing more you can do. You can only look toward the future and you say, thank you for that feedback. I didn't particularly enjoy that particular experience. Here are the reasons <laughs> I didn't why appreciate I didn't. that. 
but yeah. yeah yeah well it just didn't like i would have rather not experienced that but you know anyway i did and i've done you know I, I do a gazillion of these podcast things and 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 i get off of them and just basically once i'm done if i hardly ever have any regrets would do sometimes do i say man i would have liked to have said that or that question didn't go as well but i mean i'm gonna have another one and another one and another one and i can't i can't get stuck on any one thing i did already because it's done. I can learn and adjust and move forward. Now, that's one pragmatic way. But there are other things because there's there's an emotional thing that happens here, too. When yes. you have that trigger, when you think about that and you have those emotions around it, now you've got body chemistry in place, right? You, the, your hormones are released and now you're like you feel even less in control because now your body's involved. So it's a lot harder, even though you might know you're in, may know you're in an autopilot response to do anything about it, because now you're just taking over and it's like, OK, you hear my voice, but it's like, hey, I'll do with this later you know so there are and you may know about these but there's a handful of things out there called release techniques they help with that uh, these emotional flare-ups one that comes to mind is emotional freedom techniques which is some tapping that you do along your energy meridians of your body which helps you you know realign i'm a huge fan of breath work so there's breath there's breathing techniques you can do in the moment to literally just reset your whole body including your brain so that you can get present and not be taken over by those uh chemicals or, you know, for, for an undue amount of time. So there are, there are definitely things you can do to interrupt that process. And the more you do those things, your body now learns, oh, I don't have to respond that old way automatically anymore because now it's been interrupted over and over. So it forgets, if you will, that it needs to go into that stress mode the more you interrupt it. So there's, there's a variety of things you can do. So what about in the case of like, trauma do you ever go into that where you have clients who have been through something really difficult where they're trying to rewire their brain and and have a different reaction and how do you yes. do that and a lot of and so a lot of these techniques deal with things like past trauma there's one in particular mm -hmm. called the orpheus and i know that's a it's a very ominous name, but this is this technique used to be called something else, but it's perfect for trauma. And the way that it works is you, you're doing this process and because of the nature of the process, it's asking you to do these things while you're tuning into the, the, the deepest, most toughest part of the emotion that you possibly can. And because of the nature of it, it becomes almost impossible to access that emotion anymore. You do this a couple of times and it's not like you forget the event, but you are no longer ruled by the all those triggers, all that wiring that goes on because you've disrupted, 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 and you've broken all those automatic those automatic connections. And so now the, the traumatic event still occurred, but it no longer has to act as a trauma that keeps you in that place all the time. That's so just one. What's the actual process when you're doing that? I'm not familiar with that practice. Well, in general, without, I mean, it, it's, it's about listening to an audio track in this case. Oh. And you, and, and based on the tones that you're hearing and the instructions you're given, you're tapping with your left hand and your right hand, just on a surface, oh. not on your face or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so left hand, right hand, or together. So you're mentally, you're being asked to do a lot of things at the same time. And it can feel a little overwhelming and frustrating, but that's the magic of this particular process. That's but all point. that to say, yeah. even, whether it's this process or another one, the idea is that you're interrupting the, the normal flow of the chain reaction that happens when you're triggered. And mm -hmm. so your, your brain, and you do it enough that your brain now knows that there are other ways to be and that it doesn't have to go back to this other place. And in fact, these new ways feel much better. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I'm interviewing someone tomorrow morning on tapping on. Yeah, I'm excited on EFT, about that. Probably. EFT, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, great. I'm also very timing. interested in EMDR. I find that yep. fascinating too. another modality that has helped a lot of people I know. So these, all of these go right along with any kind of rewiring effort, because when you rewire intentionally, when you go for it, like I'm going to change who I'm being, you're going to feel all that discomfort a lot faster than if you were just coasting through life the way we normally change who we're being. You're saying, I'm going to go for it now. These are some behaviors I need to adopt. And these are some behaviors, you know, that I need to change. And I'm going to start being this today. And as soon as you start doing that, boy, all the wiring comes up. So you feel it a lot more. But so that's why those kind of tools are so great to have at your disposal because just kind of trying to override that with with thinking is going to be a lot it's again it's the slow way and there are faster ways to do this now having said that i don't want to put the word fast with this because the whole problem out here is that this unrealistic expectation that you're going to you know this is all going to happen fast it's going to happen as it needs to happen but your wiring, your wiring has to change for the transformation to last. So whatever long it's going to take you to be consistent with the new thoughts and, and be willing to let go of the old stories and override the old ones, I mean, you are in control of how quickly this goes. But remember, it's a biological process and you can't be namby-pamby about it and go, well, I'm going to think these, I'm going to visualize this new life oh, an hour a day, you know, a couple of days a week and expect anything to change. Because this is biology. You have to send it new conversations because when you're not doing that, guess what? You're sending all the lifetime of conversations on autopilot, subconsciously, nonstop. So you are fortifying all your existing neural pathways constantly if you're not overriding them. So that's why this isn't something you go, well, I'll play with this a couple times a week and expect for, well, this didn't work. No, because you didn't do what you need to do. You're just learning. Just like language or anything else, you study it, you make your mistakes, you do it repeatedly and repeatedly. You you have tests that show up, you pass some, you fail some, you know, but every one of those is is information for you to work on or for you to use to change the wiring the way you want. So going back to an example of learning to deal with failure, just so we have a tangible example to talk about. You know, you we've talked about how to deal with situations when I'm in the moment. Do you also recommend that someone do something proactive to create those channels too, like meditation yes. or, you know, like you, we're talking about as we're going and living and troubleshooting, but what about creating proactively kind right. of, you, in fact, you can't do what I just said until you do the other part, which so part of my process with everybody is at least in the morning and in the evening, you're doing that visualization slash meditation, whatever you want to call it. This is when you like in the morning, the basic framework is like, look ahead at your day. What do you got going on? Are there any situations there where you historically have you know, you get the trigger or you feel disempowered or, you know, you need it to go a certain way, which it hasn't gone historically. This is the time to visualize exactly how you'd like it to go under any number of conditions. Well, let's do it this way. And they react that way. OK, and now how would I like to be in that? And you get to visualize that over and over as much time as you can give yourself to do it. And then so now you've mentally rehearsed it. So now when that moment happens and you're triggered, you're not just like uh, uh, what I, I you've got. Dozens of rehearsed things you can try. Now, yeah, you're going to have to still, you know, here we go. And that, but once you do that, 
Once you be different out in the world, now you've started the wave out there. Now it's not just up here or on a vision board. You have re you've given the world something else to work with. So now it has to respond differently. And in the evening, the practice is that the day in reverse. Where did I not behave the way I would really like to have been? Where did I maybe go back into autopilot and just let myself get taken over or whatever and then rerun that one? How would I have liked that to gone? And and really feel it. I mean, all that law of attraction stuff, they talk about feeling it. It's super important, but it's not just so the magic will happen. It's so that your body knows that believes that you're doing it, understands the advantages of, and the biology can happen. So yes, tons of mental rehearsal through visualization and meditation. So where do you see this kind of practice out in the world, in the industry of like psychology and personal growth and stuff? Like, where does it fit in? And what are you, are you seeing acceptance with this? Like, are people understanding oh. it? Are there books about it? Like, where does it fit into the greater yeah. world? Neuroplasticity has become the word out here. Dr. Joe Dispenza has been talking about this mm. for, I mean, forever. And he's a great authority on, on this. And many of my other secret colleagues have started to talk more along these lines in the brain rather than sort of the woo-woo stuff because it is much more practical. You can take all of the law of attraction, all the philosophy and the books and volumes have been written on it. And what I do now is there's one thing to know. One, your brain can change. And guess what? Nobody in the scientific community is arguing that. Nobody's arguing that. So all of that study and needing to understand, does it work? But what about me? Gone. Your brain can change because you're a human. That's the good news. And what's the even better news is that all you have to do is give it new information on an ongoing basis, just how you learned everything else in, in your life. So there's nothing mysterious. There's nothing mystical. There's no, there's no, will it work for me? Of course it will if you do what you need to do. Wow. So how does someone engage with you to start this process if they want to work with you? So our program is called Evolve Your Excellence, and it is a 45-day sort of jumpstart into all of this, meaning you're getting touched every day with these principles, specific things to do. You know, you're getting, you get points for doing things, which your brain loves. It just, yeah. these little dopamine hits, right? My keeps you a. going. Yeah. I love I it too. I want to win. Check it. Exactly. And everybody likes that kind of stuff. So it moves because if you don't do the program, you're not going to get any, anything. So we try to keep it really fun and engaging. We have community, we have weekly coaching sessions and stuff. Basically I am there to be your consistency accountability partner so that you will do the, the stuff because left to your own devices, your wiring will work against you plus 90 plus percent of the time. And it's not because you're not smart or any, any of it. It's just once you reach the limits of your wiring, if you're not getting something from the outside, other ways to reframe that support to get through the discomfort or whatever, then again, your intellect will kick in and say, well, here's the reasons why you don't need to do this anymore or put it on pause or we'll do it. rationalize in some way, not moving forward. Everything with me starts with a quiz that I have that's out there for free. That Love gives quizzes. you, <laughs> this is a quick one. It takes you a minute multiple choice, free, of course. But what it does is it tells you what I call that your transformation personality type and what that it just basically shines a light on that autopilot behavior, which we have established as the first important step. What is it that I need to change? Because sometimes we know, sometimes we know how we sabotage ourselves, but other times because we're so in it, we don't even know. We don't even think about that. We're making meaning out of a situation. We're just going, this is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. We don't there's no concept that we're creating it. 
what we are in an instant based on our wiring. It's so inspiring and encouraging that we can change, you know, that there's such possibility to do that. And I, I love the idea of manifesting and the secret. I, to me, this isn't really that much different other than maybe it's a clearer path and understanding to, to get it to happen. Like it's the science behind why it works almost. Here's the thing with the law of attraction. I mean, there's where it goes wrong for people is they're asking the universe for something. We are the universe. We're all the Mm. one big ocean. So it's, it's a co it's a co-creation. We're the physical extension. We're the ones who are feeling it. We have all the senses. We're the one moving through and moving part. We're the action taker part of it. Mm. The universe is all the rest that presents everything to us with to take action with. So we create our vision and we see ourselves doing it and we're taking these actions and like law of attraction, however you want to put it, is responding to all of that. These external acts, we're just thinking we're just moving this, but we're moving energy around. We're doing all those cool metaphysical things, but we don't need to understand any of that. We don't need to understand any of it. And this is from someone who spent 20 years saying, you need to understand all of it, but you don't. It'll take care of itself. You just need to get clear on who do you want to be and then just start being it and know that you can and it's going to feel weird at first and that's normal. It's totally normal to think that what that it's impossible for you to get to this other point. But if anybody else did it, it's because they took a series of action steps to get there. You can take those action steps. If you don't know how, you can educate yourself on how. Again, this is not about magic, magical knowledge that suddenly occurs. If you want to be a physicist, and make a change in the world, but you know nothing about physics, guess what? You're going to school, right? And you're going to take the journey of a physicist, and then you will realize your dream. But until you do the things, it's not going to happen. What are the biggest roadblocks that you see with people to manifesting this kind of change within themselves? It, the biggest one is they, that they could even listen to this conversation conversation and still not ultimately believe that it's possible for them. I think ult- that at the end of the day, the reason they don't, and because I could say, oh, well, they don't take action on this or they're not committed or whatever. It usually goes back to, I'm, I, why would I do any of this stuff? It's not going to happen for me anyway. And why but do what, you think that you think that's old wiring? Or yes. do you think it's laziness? Or do you think it's, you know, what what is, where's that coming from? I, well, I think it's original wiring combined with life experience that would, that would mm. throw evidence to that. But if you've been operating with wiring that you may have gotten for, and it's prevalent, that says it's going to be hard or it's not going to happen or that's for somebody else, then your actions are going to create results that are in alignment with that. It just is. And so you're going to prove it to yourself. And so somebody like me comes along and say, you can do whatever. And they're like, well, no, because I, but that's because you've been being this person in this conversation this whole time. Who would you rather be? What would you imagine if you were watching a movie about the version of you who just kicked ass through life? What are they doing in this movie? And how much more fun to believe that it's possible than to be like, I can't, not me, you know, how much more fun to think that anything could change. You're going, if you have that attitude and you're going to go for it and you're going to have so many more life experiences, you're going to meet Uh, more people, you're going to go more places. I mean, yes, you may have more of the downtimes than the average person who plays it safe their whole life, but you're also going to have, again, we're here to have the experience, not to get through it and hide and be unaffected. We were born with this amazing reality creation mechanism called our brain. We were born with these passions that are pulling us through and wanting 
us to, to have this and that and the other thing. We're born with something that we want to create. So that's that's our thank you to the universe for spawning us here. And and we wouldn't be we wouldn't be spawned here with these desires and this ability to do this if we couldn't have it. That's why we're here is to give the universe the physical experience of itself. So these stories about well we can or we don't deserve it's nonsense. There's no, deserving doesn't enter into it. We're here. And you've got the brain. So just you, you take the action or you don't. And I'm just here to tell people that, look, it's not it's not this. You're chosen one. You're the chosen one. You're the chosen one. You choose yourself. Believe it and make it happen. It's so cool. I love this so much. What a cool perspective. Well, I, and I like it because it's simple and it's not. It's it, yeah. it it is it's very hopeful and but it's the, because yeah. we were born with this very simple thing. It's the simplest thing. We were born with a brain that can change. We can learn new things. We can have experiences. We can experience yeah. life in a gazillion different ways. And we can see people out there who are taking it like to extremes. Like people who just have these experiences. Like I don't even I don't even aspire to be so out in the world. Like I don't need that much adventure. But but you can see that it is possible. Yes. These people have wired themselves Live for examples. that type of lifestyle, right? Yeah. It's Live all over examples. the place. And turnaround examples. I mean, that's really what my podcast is about is changing, overcoming obstacles, turning your life around. And you you can, you can turn anything around. And let me tell you something. A whole new story. Listening to those types of stories is going to be really important for people who want mm-hmm. to have that kind of turnaround. They need to hear Yes, over yeah. and over that it can happen and for in circumstances yeah. that are probably far worse than they will ever have, right? Like yes. the people have come from, ugh, or they hit success and they failed in a, in a way that you will never, and they still climbed back. They still made the changes. And you listen to their journey and go, wow, I really wouldn't want to go through that journey. That doesn't sound fun, but look where they are now. They're where yeah. you'd like to, whatever it is. You know, so it it's just so like much take- meaning to, to get there, you know, to have a hard road makes it all the more gratifying for sure. All the, that's right. And again, you yeah. just feel like, boy, I, I have, I, I own this right here. You know, yeah. I, this just wasn't just given to me like this is, and, and it just yeah. adds power to every part of you. I mean, that it's, it's important mm-hmm. to take the journey. So true. Anything else you want to add? And we should for sure let everybody know how to find you. Social well, they can take media. that quiz. That's a great front yes. door. And we'll um, have and that, all the links in the show okay, notes great. too. So yeah. that, that would, that would be the first thing, but, but really there isn't, it's again, I, I just really, really want to reiterate the simplicity. If you have a human brain, if you are listening to this podcast and the brain inside of you, of your head is a human one, then everything we've said here applies directly to you. And you could start tonight running a new scenario of who you want to be in the world and just understand that if it's the first time, it's going to feel like this goofy thing that you're making up that's completely absurd. But the more you do it, the more real it will become to you. And it will start to affect little ways that you behave in the world, which will get you these little tweaks in how your experience is. And before you know it, you're rewiring. Mm. But if you keep saying, well, I'll start tomorrow or the next day, or it's not going to work for me, and then it'll never happen. And you'll keep trying to find the next thing. But ultimately, whatever it is that gives you what you want is because your brain got rewired. So amazing. I'm excited. Love this. So one question I like to ask all guests is what books are you reading these days? Or it could be a podcast or an audible book that you're listening to. What's on your nightstand? Well, I'm reading a bunch of stuff about like 
the metaverse and breath work. And actually I have a lot of, yeah. I, I also am a voiceover artist and I'm, I'm upping, I have new visions around that. And so I'm doing a lot of study around that books about that. And so nothing in this conversation, like I'm not reading neuroplasticity books or anything like that, if that's what you're going for. Um, no, what's your no. book about breath work? I think that would be interesting. Well, to it's know. just several, several different books uh, by the guy who, who created this particular practice. I just to I'm happily put it out there. There's so many breathwork practices out there. The one that I'm certified in is Soma and you can find it all over the place. You can just do a YouTube and try oh, cool. some of their things and learn about it that way. It's, it's a, uh, because what I love about breathwork is not only is it that reset, it's great for neurogenesis. It puts you in a terrific state for rebuilding these new neural pathways. So again, doing visioning exercises and things like that, when you're doing these types of breathwork exercises, where you get to this amazing, this amazing space of just, you know, it feels spiritual, but there's also this great chemistry. Your brain isn't just the optimal position. So just learning about breath work is, uh, is something I suggest to anybody. Very cool. What about on your playlist? What music do you listen to? I listen to a lot of lo-fi, chill, hip hop, instrumental stuff. I used to just listen to ambient stuff and I still do a great deal. Like when I'm in my studio, I just have ambient tones and stuff like that going. But in the house we have through this sort of, I don't know how to, if you know the, the genre, again, you could Spotify low, lo-fi chill and you'll know what I'm talking about. It just gives the whole house this really cool vibe, no stress, really relaxed. I'm a bit, I'm big into the psychology of sound and music and your environment and all of those things. So I'm, I'm colored lights. We do the whole thing around here. I love that. That's very cool. I'm going to look that up. I haven't listened to that on Spotify. I haven't searched for that. Yeah, just just see. I mean, it may or may not be your thing, but I, it really puts me in a in a good space for just. It's great for background music and entertaining. It doesn't doesn't yeah. take over the room. It's just it's chill. That's why they call it that. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This was really enlightening and interesting, and I can't wait to you know give it a shot and and learn more about it and try it. Great. It was totally fun to be here. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for joining today's episode of See the Upside podcast. For more details about today's guest and show notes and links, visit our website at seetheupside.com. You can find us on Instagram at see.theupside and Facebook at seetheupside. If you love today's show, please spread the light by giving us a rating or sharing it with a friend. We appreciate you so much and love sharing the positivity with anyone who could be inspired by it. We're all on a beautiful journey and it's so much more fun doing it together and sharing our stories with each other along the way. Can't wait till next time.